Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is Abby Martin. This is a preview of a patron-only podcast with my brother, Robbie Martin. We know the United States is heavily involved in the creation of weapons, but when we talk about the U.S. Empire's arsenal of weapons, we typically think of bombs, tanks, and guns. However, what is much more hidden is its pursuance of biological weapons and how it's been expanding its biological warfare capabilities under the banner of biosecurity and defense. Since Russia invaded Ukraine, news has circulated about the existence of some of these labs positioned in former Soviet republics. It's important to fully understand the context of why this matters and how the United States government has been using the idea of bioterrorism not only to expand its military reach and budget, but also to generate massive campaigns of fear throughout the war on terror, from the mysterious memory-hold anthrax attacks to the Bush administration's rollout of the smallpox scare. There's not a lot of research out there on these subjects, especially tying these seemingly disparate threads together, but there is one person doing extensive deep dives into it all, my brother Robbie Martin investigative researcher and co-host of Media Roots Radio, the podcast we do together. Throughout the last several months, he's done several in-depth investigations into the anthrax attacks, the smallpox scare, and these biological weapons labs. This full episode is over two hours long and goes to a lot of interesting places you wouldn't expect. Become a donor today at patreon.com slash empirefiles. But these labs themselves that are being talked about now, uh, they're real labs. And I know for I knew for a fact right off the bat, you know, when Russia, the Russian government started talking about these, that these were part of a real program that is under the guise of biodefense. And one of them specifically is in Kazakhstan, where we've claimed, the U.S. government has claimed that Russia was making smallpox in this Kazakhstan area, and that the last known smallpox outbreak in the Kazakhstan area was actually not natural, that it came from a Russian-Soviet biological weapons lab. So it raises the question now to me, is the U.S. government worried that, like, is there smallpox? Or is the U.S. government holding or managing a stockpile of what they claim are Soviet biological weapons in these labs that contain smallpox samples i mean if they are that would be horribly controversial if that ever came out and i would not i mean technically speaking what is also strange is right now currently it's not just these ukrainian labs or these labs in kazakhstan or georgia it's also the russian government right now is allowed to keep for scientific research purposes live smallpox virus in a lab and so is the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. The WHO has only authorized those two labs to keep them for scientific purposes. So well, that's it, what I was just going to ask you is, go ahead, finish your point. No, it's just a weird thing to think that we're here, you know, everyone's talking about World War III, but like Russia and us are the only countries like with this virus. And we did it sort of like at a mutual like thing to like, we're keeping these viruses. So like, in, you know, to help save people from a, potential smallpox attack but it's like i don't know i mean it's just such a weird crazy thing to think that it was eradicated in 1980 except for these samples in the labs officially why don't they destroy those samples 
you know, that then it would have been fully eradicated. Um, so, well, I guess that brings me to the point that I hear this split in rhetoric. Like, okay, so Putin's putting this story out, Russian media is putting the story out and talking about it almost mm-hmm. as a way to justify part of the invasion. Sure. So, because of that, you see a lot of people now associating this story with just right wing propaganda and Russian apologia, which is strange because it is conclusively put out there by U.S. officials that there are these deadly pathogens, these labs exist, they are U.S. labs. And it's just so strange because you have the U.S. responding, saying that there might be a false flag attack by Russia on the labs because Russia is the one who said that there might be a false flag attack on the labs oh, by God. Ukraine or the U.S. Then there's then there's like the kind of like um, like the response being like, yeah, of course these pathogens exist because they're a holdover from the Soviet Union and they need to be there because you can't just like demolish this stuff. Like you have to just protect it in perpetuity. And that's why the U.S. has this oversight in these former Soviet republics. I mean, we learned very early on, Abby, that the Lawrence Livermore Lab um, used very similar rhetoric about it's the, our nuclear stockpile, that they need to do this kind of research. They need to do this, spend this money. They need to dump radioactive waste. They didn't actually say that, but they did dump radioactive waste because we're main, quote unquote, maintaining our nuclear stockpile and basically drawing down our nukes because we're not planning to build or make new types of nukes. That's obviously not true. We're developing hypersonic missiles. We're developing all sorts of kinds of different weapons still in the Lawrence Livermore lab was a way of acting as if it is sort of like, you know, what they're saying with these labs, that they're there to, you know, protect these old Soviet programs or weapons from these programs. Um, But, you know, it isn't true that they can't be destroyed. What is true is that maybe, you know, it's harder to destroy, let's say, chemical weapons, nukes. I'll, I'll concede that I don't know the details of that. Yeah, maybe it's harder to destroy that. It's really actually very easy to destroy biological weapons. Um, it really is. So, like, they're living organisms most of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not mm-hmm. just like a chemical that seeps in the ground. It's going to be there for, like, a hundred years or, like, half-life radiation. You can kill a pathogen fairly easy under the right controlled conditions. So, that's not that, that does not hold up. Um, what is interesting about this, though, is I think the reactionary mentality, understandably that's even on the left towards the Russian government line, has made people overreact to what Russia said about what these labs are. Because in my experience, I didn't even look closely at the original documents the Russian government released or even what they said. I just wanted to know what these labs were specifically. Um, In the course of my research... And looking more deeply just into what the labs are, what the documents released by these actual U.S. government agencies have said, I would say that what the Russian government actually said uh, is surprisingly accurate. Like, it's they did not – they might have omitted some things to make it sound maybe worse or more mysterious, but it's mostly accurate what they're saying. I mean, it really is. And I didn't – originally, I did not – I was not feeling that way. I was like, I'm not going to take this at face value. I got to research this myself. But those, those, some of those labs in Ukraine do have anthrax. That was one of the original wow. 
claims um, that the Russian government made. Now, we're claiming that these labs are in the name of biodefense because, you know, we need to hold anthrax there because we're making like anthrax vaccines. Um, and to do that, we need anthrax to be able to make vaccines. Well, technically that's true because the whole thing with biological research is this idea of dual use. And let me read you something from uh, a book by a guy named Jonathan B. Tucker. It's called Innovation, Dual Use, and Security, Managing the Risks of Emerging Biological and Chemical Technologies. And he says that the Biological Weapons Convention of 1972, that the dual use nature of pathogens and toxins, however, precludes the Biological Weapons Convention from imposing a comprehensive ban on all activities involving these materials. So what he's basically saying here, and he goes on and explains what, why this is, is that you can essentially say you're, and, and what he basically what he says, and he makes it very simple and I'll just paraphrase him. Abby, all the biological weapons convention bans outright is intent and this has been the case since 1972. Now, just think for a second. Does the U.S. have good intent? Can we trust <laughs> the U.S.'s intent to not do something that they're actually technically not bound by the law not to do? I think we can't. So I think what basically uh, Jonathan B. Tucker is saying here is that the Biological Weapons Convention, as it has existed from the very beginning, allows such a huge loophole that the dual use potential of research that seems benign that is actually being used to do things that could be considered biological weapons development is like such a blurry line that it's basically the same thing. It, the difference comes down to intent in a lot of cases. And I think that that's, that's something, super scary. It's something that anybody who's being honest about the U.S. biodefense sector would admit. And this is not just a U.S. DOD military program. This is also involves the work of the NIH, the CDC, but it also is a huge boom for pharmaceutical companies as well. And that's something I don't think people realize is that a lot of pharmaceutical companies are associated with the military industrial complex through the biodefense sector. I mean, it was a huge, huge industry. There, I show a slideshow. I, I dug this up and I posted it on Twitter of a company called PharmaTheme saying that basically that's the tip of the iceberg, that they're going to get like a $2 billion cash injection into the biodefense sector, all just for the smallpox and anthrax vaccine contracts. And the whole slideshow is basically like all this money is being like just thrown at our industry. We, how do we get the pieces of this pie? Here's how we fucking get it. We got to like, you know, develop like anthrax, smallpox, and also like nerve agents type things. So, you know, it's like if these pharmaceutical companies are trying to help people or biodefense is so benign, it's like, I guess, why are nerve agents something that they're also like involved in? And also, I must say that it's also a lie. You know, like if it just comes down to intent, sure, you know, you can maybe create some kind of loophole on paper, but also it's just so brazenly being violated on its face that I just don't even believe that the biological convention, biological weapons convention has ever really meant to be held up. It's meant to be used as a leveraging tool for us, essentially, imperialism against other countries. And here's the reason why. It's because during Bill Clinton's presidency, there was an article that came out on September 5th, I think it was in the New York Times, 
that the U.S. is genetically engineering a much more potent variant of the bacterium that causes anthrax. And basically, the article just says that the U.S. is like brazenly flaunting the convention by doing this. And that by all definitions, this totally violates it. Because anthrax is not even like a contagious disease. It's not, it's, you know, it's something, why would we be making like a much more dangerous version of anthrax? Like why would, how could that possibly serve a, a function that would be good? Um, and that's, and so we're doing things like that all the time. And it, I think it just, it's not up for dispute that what's happening at these labs is a form of biodefense research. Now, what comes into question is, are they making biological weapons there? I think that that's still up for debate. And I think that obviously, even if we were, we would never admit to it because then we would admit that we're violating the convention. So yeah, anything under this, the sector of biodefense, uh, we could be making technically something that anybody, any scientist would say, yeah, that's a biological weapon and just say it's for biodefense to develop a new, stronger vaccine. For example, in my podcast about the smallpox vaccination rollout, I don't talk about gain-of-function research that they were doing on smallpox. I don't even talk about them weaponizing smallpox by like trying to genetically modify it. They did something even crazier. They gave a monkey in a lab experiment a million times the amount of like smallpox viral load needed to infect anything to give it smallpox until the monkey got a super form of deadly smallpox where it killed something like 75% of all the monkeys, which was like shot. They were like shocked by the results. They're like, oh my God, all we have to do is give a monkey a million times the amount of smallpox virus that a normal human needs to die from. And all of a sudden it'll mutate into super smallpox. Well, by golly, that's, you know, that'll help us make a better vaccine. Wink, wink. I mean, so like, I mean, I don't, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, can we trust that this is all above board or do we have to assume that there is some loophole being used here for still some kind of ongoing arms race? And I think we have to assume it, it, there probably is. There has to be. I mean, you have to be really naive, I think, to think that there's nothing nefarious going on here. And also the locations of all these labs, they couldn't have moved these materials if they're, why did they build all these labs in Kazakhstan, in Georgia? the Luger Center, one of their flagship labs, there's apparently 11 labs um, that store these types of materials in Ukraine. Like, why did they, why do we build them there? Why are we, why there? I mean, are we trying to basically like taunt Russia, like Jack Palant style, like throw the gun on the ground? I mean, it is, it is <laughs> strange, you know? And it does make me wonder like just why we're doing that there, you know? And I can't really answer that. They'll, they'll say the PR line is for, because we need to protect those territories and those old programs and rehire those old people operation paperclip style so they're loyal to us and they don't spill secrets and whatever you know but it's on a total yeah i mean it's rant, just un- sorry. it's just unfortunate that it has become some sort of partisan talking point when it is a bizarre aspect of this and it should be talked about and it should be analyzed Without a partisan lens, despite the fact that you see primarily people like Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard pointing this out. And now Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, is, fuck me. Which is just... I mean, video, wh- yeah. why do you think that it is picking up steam in the right-wing media sphere? 
okay, there's a couple of different ways to explain it. I think that Tucker Carlson, obviously talking about it multiple times on his show, multiple days in a row, played a big role in it. The Russian government, Putin himself, um, were using this as a reason why uh, we need to invade. Now, you know, there's some sort of strange ability for Tucker to launder or to just sort of like reuse some things from like alt media or like RT, and then it becomes you know, popular among the right wing. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, and I'm trying to think of why else it might have gone viral. I mean, I think that at that point, even when Tucker Carlson was first talking about it, it didn't fully catch as like a right wing narrative. And I think that Victoria Newland, you know, shockingly herself was the one who sort of validated that and then opened public hearing to a point where people had to take another look at it, including myself, because I was not really taking as serious of a look at it at first as I should have been. And when soon as when she confirmed it uh, in that hearing, I was like, and when I say confirmed it, I mean saying uh, that there that that we are worried about somehow those labs being used or infiltrated by Russia um, because we have interest in like protecting them. They have dangerous pathogens there. It pretty much confirmed all of that. Um, I think that at that point, it just became a bigger media narrative. But I think, you know, I don't know why the left is not as afraid to touch us. The only explanation I have is maybe because certain anti-imperialists even and people on the left avoided engaging entirely with like any of the the COVID-19 lab leak or man-made theories. And they all thought every aspect of those theories was all anti-Chinese propaganda and xenophobia. Um, and I think that they're right on a lot of ways to think that. I think most of it was. So I think what's happening here is the right wing, they're already fed lab leak narrative about Wuhan and China. So and and I guess on some level they think it was like US slash China that was responsible for making COVID-19. I don't really even know to be honest, but I think that that opens the door for that interest to be sort of crossed over into this now. It's like, well, Russia invaded because of this. Right, and we're doing right, this right. And, you right. know, um, Hunter Biden apparently is involved in one of these labs uh, that um, I guess he has some investment in the company. So nice. it hits certain checkboxes for that. There's a lot that. of investments in Ukraine. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Putin also let out there that they're doing um, experiments on COVID-19, coronaviruses in the labs. <laughs> right before, you know, they started doing these experiments like a year or like a less than a year right before the outbreak. Kind of maybe alluding to the fact that maybe America maybe had something to do with the COVID-19. Um, and also, I think r China coming out and officially getting on board this idea that this, these labs are weird. They're sus. Russia's right to question them. Um, oh, I didn't know China did that. Oh, yeah. China oh, did it wow. big time, dude. And Whoa. I think that that created a very interesting split on the right where you Oof. saw immediately like Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, all these like classic, more like neocon, you know, Fox people, basically just straight up coming out and saying this is CCP propaganda. Like, don't listen to this. This is all Oof. Chinese propaganda. Don't listen to this at all. There's nothing weird with these labs. We're not doing anything there. It's totally fine. Like even like all the Frank Gaffney, like committee on the present danger people 
were coming out and saying this kind of stuff. So only certain people bid onto this. It almost seems like more the Q, a non-friendly right-wingers are the ones who are biting onto this and the other ones are actually like rejecting it. So there is a split, but you know, at least there, there are some of those people who are talking about it. I'm finding that the left is actually surprisingly dropping the ball on this and reacting too much to what Russia's saying about it instead of actually looking into what it is. And just to give people a basic overview, this is a, a whole U.S. government um, agency called the Defense Threat Research Agency. They manage... Um, a whole program like to basically monitor and protect people against biological weapons. That's what they claim. They're behind this whole project of all these labs. They manage these labs. It is a U.S. military program. There are some civilians working at these labs, but it's mo it's military ran. So I do not understand how you could be a leftist or anti-imperialist and just take it at face value that a DOD biodefense program is a non-nefarious program and that it's completely above board. Re just decouple it from what Russia's saying. Who gives a shit what Russia's saying? Mm -hmm. They may have started this conversation, but what is what is actually going on there? Wouldn't you like to know why the U.S. is doing this in all these former Soviet territories? I mean, I would. And I just don't think it makes sense to make up lies to try to defend it. I mean, I even saw a guy saying... Uh, like there's no, there are no BSL three or above labs in Ukraine. This is total bullshit. And then like it's super easy to find that that's not true. Several well, that's of the these problem. U.S. labs are BSL three. Yeah. I it's mean that's true. the problem is like Russia. It's there's usually kernels of truth with what Russia is saying. You know, yeah. I mean, so it's like kind of stupid and cartoonish to just immediately just reject everything and be like that's Russian propaganda. Going back to the entire problem with dismissing RT on its face uh, for that exact reason. So it, Russia it doesn't make any sense too. to me. Yeah, there's documents. These labs exist. They are concerning. And I am worried about some sort of attack being staged or facilitated on these labs. This is an active war zone, and we are pumping billions of dollars worth of weaponry adjacent to all of these labs. And I think that it's... It's 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 really clear to me that the biodefense, or I'm using their lingo, that the bio war, biological weapons race, arms race, still continues, and you know we can act like the Soviet Union had this super super sophisticated program that dwarfs ours and makes ours look like this you know really unadvanced thing in comparison, but you know I just don't buy that, and I think that. No matter what, if there ever is a terrible pathogen that leaks, like that it turns out to be a biological weapon, I mean, the U.S. will always try to blame it on someone else, even if we know it right. came from us. Right. Like, I, I don't... So, if let's just say if something did leak from one of these labs, I mean, I don't think we'd ever admit to it. Does the Would the military admit to something like that? If their no, ass they was deny, on the line? No, they deny everything until they can't. Yeah. And what do military people do? They policy. like pretexts. You know, yeah. it's not just these neocons and wonks who like these pretexts. Sometimes it's just the generals who do. Or the people who are like wanting to wage the wars, you know, like the, the who are like the military figures. So I just don't see, a, that would be a very useful pretext, honestly.